Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about the power of hope when it's combined with action as you start doing something different in your marriage. And I want to share with you a quote that I actually said to uh, to a woman I was talking with last week when she said that she hoped her marriage would change. And I, I looked at her and I said, you know what? Hope without action is frustration. And I'm betting that there are a lot of you that can relate to that, that you've been hoping for something for a long time, but you haven't seen a lot of action. And so now you're just frustrated. And we're going to be talking about that quite in depth in today's show. But before we go there, you know that Tony and I love to start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug, with some kind of impact that the two of you have experienced in your marriage. And this week is no different. And this week's hug is brought to you by One Extraordinary Marriages Rescue My Marriage Today. Every week we get emails from couples who are saying, Tony and Elisa, we need more help in our marriage. We're struggling with lack of communication, lack of trust, lack of sex, lack of time, and more. You look at the future and it doesn't look so pretty. You want change in your marriage because everything you've tried hasn't worked. You listen to the podcast and think, I want what they have. Well, this program will turn your marriage around and get you back to feeling wanted, connected, and intimate. Now is the time to get on the wait list because we're only going to accept 50 couples into this program. So go now and get your name on the wait list so that you'll be notified first when it's released later this month. Go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash waitlist. And this hug actually came to us. This was a, um, a comment on iTunes and it said, thank you for helping save my marriage. Tony and Elisa have really helped change my marriage for the better. For a while, our marriage was headed toward the big D, divorce. I'd been listening to your podcast for over a year, wishing things would change in my marriage. I caught my husband looking at pornography via social media. Mm -hmm. I felt broken inside, like I wasn't enough for him. We didn't speak for six days. Wow. It's a long time, guys. Wow. Long time. She goes on to say, during that time, I heard episode 295, the no rejection zone, and I broke down in tears. For so long, I felt like I was being rejected by him. However, listening to this episode made me realize that we were both guilty of rejecting each other. I finally asked my husband to listen to this episode after day six of silence. He came home and we finally discussed everything that had been building up in our marriage. Mm. We both decided that we want to be in this marriage for the long haul and we're going to do everything we can to make it work. Thank you, Tony and Elisa. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so good of you guys just, you know, after six days not talking to each other. It's a long time. It's a long time. So way, way kudos to you guys taking action there and, you know, getting back on the horse, as they say. You know, you get bucked off the horse or for me, I've been thrown off the bike before and, 
you know, you want, you have to get back on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, bridging that silence gap after six days, that's tough. That is. And to do so with asking him to listen to a podcast, talking about what's going on in your marriage, probably even a little tougher. Mm-hmm. But I hope you guys all caught the fact that she had been you know, hoping and wishing for change for a year in her marriage. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. And it's part of what we're going to be digging into because this show actually got prompted from an email that we'd received a while back. And this came from a couple that said, we're trying to rekindle our sex life or start it over after hearing about the intimacy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are brand new listeners to One Extraordinary Marriage, first of all, welcome. We're thrilled to have you. And we're so appreciative for the friends that told you about the show or whatnot. But if you've never heard about the intimacy lifestyle, we're going to do a link to episode 140, which is called Scheduling Sex, where we detail it in depth so that mm-hmm. we don't have to do it right now. But she goes on to say 28 years of a very passionate or passionless low sex life. I'm the one suggesting we try to schedule sex again, but this time with your way of doing it and a lot of hope and motivation, direction, and he's on board. And the first thing that caught me with this was with a lot of hope and motivation, and and yet, where's the plan, right? And we get emails like this week in and week out. You know, I'm hoping for a change. We've been reading the books and we've been listening to the podcast and and we've been waiting and, and praying and there's been no change yet. And I'm not going to tell you that hope is a bad thing because hope is actually a really good thing. And you need to have hope that things are going to change in your marriage. And doing all of those things are good, right? I mean, we don't want you to stop listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Hope is greater than fear. And hope needs to be present in your marriage. Mm -hmm. But all of that hoping, like, like when I read the hug at the start of the show, you know, she spent a year wishing that things would change in her marriage. When did things start to change in her marriage? When she took action and said, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't all about him, right? Maybe there's something that I have to take responsibility for, right? Because all of this hoping, oh, I wish my wife would do this, or I wish my husband would do that. And they're not doing whatever you wish for or hope for. And what happens? Frustration. Frustration goes through the roof. Yeah, and and one of those things is too is that we've shared it many a times here is that hoping and wishing that your spouse changes and you're not willing to even take the step yourself is going to lead most likely to failure, right? I mean, because you're sitting there and and I've done this before. I mean, I, I just hope that Elisa will just start touching me, caressing me, you know, touching me in a loving way. I hope she'll do that. Well, if I don't say something to her, number one, she'll never know. Number two, I need to be able to even do that to her as well, right? I need to be able to hug her in a loving way without expecting more in return. You know, hey, as a high desire spouse, many of you know that the, the hug really means like, hey, I haven't touched you in a week, but this hug right now or the kiss or the long hold means that. I just want to take you to bed and have sex with you, mm. right? And so there, there's there's a couple different things going on. You know, one for myself is that I got to express myself I, emotionally. I got to share that with her so she knows. And two, I need to even be able to do that myself. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be able to caress her in a way, a loving physical way that doesn't lead to more so she doesn't think that that's all we're going to do every time I touch her. 
And, and we had a season like that, a very long season like that in our marriage. And, and, you know, all this hoping without action leads you to feeling frustrated. And when you feel frustrated, there are a few behaviors that start to come out in marriage. Um, one exemplified by this couple that said, you know, six days of silence. So when the frustration level gets high, some of you start bringing in the silent treatment as your weapon of choice. You withdraw. Mm-hmm. Like I'll talk to you, but it's going to be so surface level and, and I'm only going to engage when spoken to. And some of you go the opposite direction and you're like, all right, I'll see your behavior and I'm going to raise you a fight or two. And so it starts becoming this whole, like, let me pick on you. Let me pick on what's going on. Let me, like, everything becomes a fight. And, and any of those behaviors, I'm going to just come right out and say it, they're not great for your marriage. You've probably already figured that out, but sometimes you guys just need to hear it one more time. Yeah. And this is known as a fight or flight responses, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is either you, you, you have a reaction and it's, it's a perceived you know, harmful situation in either a, you're going to, you're going to fight, you're going to attack it or you're going to flee. And we really actually need to kind of explore the flight or flight on another show because there's some great material around that, that I think you all need to hear. Um, But I want to talk about this hope without action because when you're hoping and there's no action in your marriage, that whole that whole idea of laziness, that whole idea of inaction, you know, when you're waiting for somebody else to make the first move. And I can't tell you how many of my coaching clients it's come out in in conversation where they're like, well, I was just waiting for them to do something. Well, okay, here's a novel idea. Do something first, right? Because, you know, in our world, folks, you only have two options. You're either growing or you're not, right? So if, if you're not actively bringing life to your marriage, then you're not growing. You're not building it. You're going in the opposite direction. And that's exactly what's happening when you wish or hope for change and there's no action. You're being focused on what your spouse has to do and not what you have to do to make change. Right. Now, you may be going, well, geez, we can't grow continuously. And you may not know it, but there's little things that are happening. Like, Elisa and I, we're at a point where we've had so much growth over these last eight years since we really looked at our marriage and started taking action in it Mm -hmm. that in the beginning, you know, sort of flatlined and then all of a sudden there was just this massive upward tilt of growth for both of us. And over, I'd say over the last couple of years, it's incremental. It's very small, but there's still growth happening. So don't ever think that growth is stale or stagnant. I mean, there's something that's always happening. Absolutely. And, and you want those, you know, you do want to have those big growth spurts. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about your kids when they have a big growth spurt, they, you know, reach these tremendous new milestones and things like that. And even when they're, you know, not growing six inches in a year, maybe they're only growing an inch or two, there's still maturity Mm -hmm. and development that's going on. And it's the same thing that you need to have in your marriage. And like I was saying a few minutes ago, when, when you're so focused on what your spouse needs to change and what you're hoping is going to change in the relationship and you're so outwardly focused, then you're not taking personal responsibility for your role in the marriage. And so that hope where the action comes in, that is the action that you can take, right? What is your role in the circumstances in your marriage right now? What can you do to actively create change? And the book that we have shared about personal accountability, Mm -hmm. 
honestly, from the beginning of the One Extraordinary Marriage Show is called the QBQ, the question behind the question, practicing personal accountability at work and in life. And I'm telling you, this book honestly can change the way you think about how you're going to approach that because the questions you're going to be asking yourself are about you. It's that personal accountability. And then how can you take that and use that in your marriage? Because the question behind the question is what can I do? Mm -hmm. What can I do? Not what am I waiting, you know, I mean, cause it's so easy there, you know, if somebody asks you, Oh, how's your marriage going? And they're like, well, if my husband would just fill in the blank, if my wife would just, you know, meet my sexual needs, if my husband would just pick up a little bit more, if I could just get some help with the kids or, you know, taking out the garbage. I mean, you, you all know the list that you have in your head that you wish your spouse would do. Well, here it is in a nutshell. Okay. It begins with a what or how, not a why, when, or who mm-hmm. contains an I and focuses on action. So that that's the formula. Right. That, that, I know you guys are just like the what, the why, the who, the what. <laughs> they had no idea where you were coming from. But that that's the formula for figuring out what, you know, like you said, what can I do about, about taking out the garbage, right? What can I do about getting the kids ready for bed? What can I do about getting the bills paid, right? And figuring out why is this important? And I will tell you that some of the battles that you all pick or that you all are waiting for are maybe battles that you don't need to fight. You know, like, why doesn't my husband pick up the clothes for, I had somebody tell me this the other day about, you know, the fact that their husband doesn't always pick up the clothes. You know, he leaves them on the floor instead of getting them to the basket. Maybe the basket isn't in a good spot. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's just always like dropped his clothes on the floor. Maybe for him, it's not a big deal. And he doesn't understand that it's a really big deal for you. Right. And so these are all, you know, I mean, quite honestly, sometimes your spouse doesn't know how big of a deal something is to you until you explode. And then they're dealing with the explosion of your emotion. And they're still not even really sure why they're in trouble or why they're getting yelled at, because it seems like not a big deal to them. You're better off having a conversation with them when you're calm than when you've been pushed to your limits. Explosions do not work. I mean, think about it. If a volcano explodes, Guys, it does an amazing amount of damage, right? A little lava flow, you know, I mean, think about like the Hawaiian Islands. They're formed with the lava flows and stuff, right? A little bit at a time just makes a little more territory, not nearly as destructive. Same thing is true in your marriage. If you get to the point where you can say, you know, I hope, I wish, I wish that we could be in this place. I wish, you know, I wish that we had better communication, right? How many of you have said that? Few of you? are nodding your heads right now. I wish that we had a better sex life. I just got a few more of you to nod your head. Okay, so the question is, what can you do to better those circumstances? Do you need to be like Tony said, more affectionate? Do you need to be like the wife, that, you know, whose hug I read at the beginning of the show who realized, you know what? Maybe the rejection in my marriage hasn't all been him rejecting me. Maybe, just maybe, I've been rejecting him. And, you know, I will tell you, amazing transformation happens when you can own your role and what you need to be doing instead of saying, hey, you got to do this. I've told you a thousand times, I wish you would do it this way. Well, okay. You know, do the clothes get folded? Maybe Tony doesn't fold the clothes the way I do, but you know what? If my laundry's folded, guess what, ladies? It's a good thing. It's folded. It's out of the dryer. 
Yeah, and we definitely had to work in this area for sure through, throughout our marriage and, and still to this day. There are still times when we have to work through this because it's such a fine line. And I hear it from a, a lot of guys as well. It's like, hey, I'm just hoping my wife understands you know, what I'm going through. And, and, and it's almost what Elisa was sharing before. Well, have you told her? Because if you haven't told her, then it's going to be really tough for her to understand. Well, she doesn't listen. Okay. Is it because you guys don't have, you know, is it because you're doing it at a time that's not conducive for this conversation? You know, there's a lot of factors that start going into, you know, the hoping and wishing and doing. And I think that's part of it for a lot of us, me included, you know, it's me being able to just sort of get outside myself and, and go, what can I do right now to share with Elisa that I want her to be physically, you know, that I want her to physically touch me in a non-sexual way. Because honestly, for me, as, as I've gotten older, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate when she'll, you know, just while we're driving down the road, just, you know, lean over and grab my arm. I appreciate it when we're in church and we're praising and we're worshiping, she'll grab my hand, you know? So those are, those are things that I have to share with her as I'm doing it right now on this show, because I can't sit there on my knees and pray about it and pray about it and not let her know about it because she is right here. I believe in miracles. I believe things can happen. And yet at the same time, I can be intentional and take action in my marriage and with the person that I said I do with right here to have something change and shift in my marriage. And you know, I want you all to know that we want your dreams for your marriage to have to have power. Right? We want those those dreams of a fulfilling sex life, of better communication, of you know, improved trust. I mean, I, I was talking to um, a woman today. We were having a coaching session, and and she was describing something, and and I just stopped her in the middle of it, and I said, "Well, does your husband know that that's what you would like to have when you travel? You know, like when she comes home, she wants you know the house to be done a certain way, and you know, like a candle or flowers would be nice, and the refrigerator stocked, and things like that." And so I just said, "Have you actually like outlined?" Hey, here's my checklist for when I come home. And it sounds really structured to say it like that. Like give him a checklist, right? But here's the thing. If you know what your spouse expects of you, guess what? You cannot get out of the park every single time. Why? Because all you have to do is go down the checklist. You know, like if I know that Tony likes to have, you know, an arm resting on his leg when he's driving, well, I probably won't do that every single time in the car. But I know that when I do do it, it's appreciated, right? When our kids were little and I felt like I couldn't get any help whatsoever putting them to bed, when I was able to express that to Tony and all of a sudden, you know, we get into this point where we're trading off, you know, one night he takes our daughter and one night I, you know, and I take the son and then we vice versa. All of a sudden, my frustration level went from like a hundred down to 20, which was just the normal mom stuff of getting kids to bed. Because he took 80 of that away from me by just helping out. Mm -hmm. But he didn't know how frustrated I was until, you know, in those days, I would just explode on him and be like, I can't believe these are your kids and you never help out. And, da -da -da -da. and I mean, I was just like the screaming banshee. And he's shaking his head. 
Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's true. And man, totally. I mean, all about praying. Man, declaring. We want you to pray. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, and yet, what I'm just saying is that your spouse is right there. And yes, there are going to be times when your spouse doesn't want to listen. And that's when you really got to be pressing in. I get it. That's when you really got to be pressing in. And I think that's where, you know, you're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. What are the changes you can be making in you right now? Because so often we get frustrated and I'll be the first to raise my hand. I get so frustrated because I just want Lisa to change it, but I don't want to. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to have to change who I am. And and she's called me out recently on a couple of things that I'm just getting, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of like getting just very honed in and I'm, I'm putting my foot down. And she, she just had to say in love, like, you know what, Tony, when you do this, I feel X, Y, Z. And I really had to look at myself and go, whoa. I mean, and, and one of them was, I was just, I was just, you know, shutting her down. And so if she's just hoping and wishing and, and just, you know, maybe he'll do it, but never told me that we'd still be, we'd still be in that place of frustration because I wouldn't have known. So sometimes we got to just be able to open our mouths and say, Hey, we got to start discussing this. We got to turn the ship, you know, the ship's not going to turn unless you take a a hand, you know, hands on the wheel and turn it. Right. It's just going to keep on going where it's going. Yeah. And I think you've made such a powerful uh, argument for the power of prayer. And what I want you all to hear is that, you know, often people have to get involved in their own miracles. You know, you want a miracle to happen in your marriage. You want to see transformation, get involved in the process, right? Take, take that hope that you have those prayers that you have and add your power, your action to it and watch the miracle happen. Right. Because when you start loving your spouse differently, and that's really what we're talking about here, when you start taking personal responsibility and when you start changing the things that you can change, that is a different way of loving your spouse. It is all about becoming a servant lover, not subservient. I did not say that. So if any of you are thinking, Elisa just said, I have to, you know, be subservient to my spouse, I did not say that. I said being a servant lover, which means looking at their needs, looking at what you have to change in the relationship. That's all about being a servant lover. And when you do that, 99% of the time, your spouse is either going to verbally recognize it or emotionally recognize that something is different and the dynamic in your marriage will change, right? I can't say hundred percent because there's always that one exemption, but here's the thing. Who does it start with? Well, and and can I say something real quick though too? Um, in Galatians 6, 7, it says, a man reaps what he sows. Mm-hmm. So if we're sowing into our marriage, right? If we're planting those seeds, if we're doing, right? If we're doing that, we have a harvest. Mm-hmm. We have a harvest. Unfortunately, in today's day and age, we go, I wish it would happen. I hope it would happen. I'm praying that it happens. And we expect it to happen tomorrow. And for those of us who, you know, don't grow, didn't grow up on farms, you know, but 
you may know from just planting a seed, watching it grow into a flower or a plant, it takes time. And so we need to continue to sow in, mm-hmm. right? We need to continue to be planting, you know, because some of those seeds are going to fall and they are going to take root in good soil and they are going to just grow. And some are going to fall on like sort of like the, the medium soil and they'll grow a little bit and some are going to just fall on nothing. Right. They're going to fall on rock and they're not going to grow at all. So we got to keep doing, we got to keep growing. We got to keep doing that we got to keep sowing into our spouse into our marriage because we're going to reap what we sow in if we don't do anything for five years six years ten years guess what when you get to that point when your spouse goes i love you but i'm not in love with you anymore man you got a lot of sowing you got to put in mm-hmm. well it's interesting that you bring up that verse because i'm working on the devotional that we're writing to go along with the rescue my marriage today program and the verse that I was working on today is James 2.26, which says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And I thought that was really interesting because I think so often in our marriage, we have a lot of faith like, oh, you know, God, you can do anything. God, you can, you can work miracles. And we've talked about miracles in this podcast already. But did you hear that? Faith without deeds, right? So that's having the faith, the hope, the wish, the dream that things are going to change. And it's putting the deeds and the actions partnered with that faith to create whatever it is that you're hoping for, right? And like Tony said, it's not waiting for five, six, seven, ten 10 years for things to change. It's having those conversations right at the beginning when things seem off. Like, I'll tell you, I mean, when, when he was just kind of you know, like falling into this pattern of behavior where he was just sort of, you know, his way or the highway. And this is a recent, this is a recent conversation. That's what he was referring to a few minutes ago. Um, and I had to have that conversation with him. It was not easy. We're both mm. pretty strong-willed individuals, but he's been a little ornery lately. And, you know, it's because he's so focused on all of these things that we're building and he's just, you know, kind of singularly focused. And so when I said that, I, one, I had to pick my timing. It was definitely a timing situation. And I had to really watch my tone of voice that I wasn't accusing him of being a jerk. It was all about his behavior, right? So it was spoken in love. And for a lot of you, these changes that you want to see in your marriage, both in yourself and in your spouse, they need to be spoken in love, right? Don't come with the hammer. So, I mean, some of you may need to use a hammer, but for the most part, hammer does a lot of damage. Love gets a lot greater result. So as you're going into this week, right? And you're thinking, okay, Lisa, Tony, I've been hoping for a lot of things in my marriage. And I'm at this point where I'm just frustrated. The first action that I want you to take is I want you to go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash waitlist. And I want you to get on the waitlist for rescue my marriage today. Because there are a number of you that know that that's the point at where your marriage is at. Mm-hmm. That you need huge transformation and you need to be one of the first people notified when that program opens up. You just, you have to. Oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash waitlist. Second thing that you need to do this week is you need to think about what is what are one or two things that you can personally take responsibility for and start making change in yourself. Yep. And... Hey, even the tiniest step, 
just like the QBQ, you know, what can I do today? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might be a, it might be a complete shift for you to take personal accountability. You know, what can I do? How can I make this change in me today? You know, give it some action. You may even give it a timetable. You know, what can I do in the next 24 hours to show my spouse that I love them? You know, how can I this week share my love or, you know, approach my spouse or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, be sexually intimate with my spouse, you know, let them into a a part of my world that I've never let them into before, whatever it may be, that is huge. Right. Right. And you know, so, so first step, get on the wait list. Second thing, identify one or two areas where you need to make change. And the third thing that you need to do this week, you actually need to do it. Yep. Right. Whatever you've decided in step number two, like I'm going to be more sexual intimate. I'm going to compliment my spouse. I'm going to, you know, help out around the house, whatever it is. Don't just decide that that's what needs to change. Let's put some action there. Right. Because hope with action is transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why you're listening to the show. That's why 30 minutes in, you're like, okay, I've got my action steps because hope with action is transformation. You're done with the frustration. You're done living that way. It's time this week to make a difference in your marriage. Yeah. And if you need some accountability this week, come to the show notes, put in, put what you're going to do this week for your spouse. You can do it anonymously. Totally cool. It allows us to see what you, what you're going after and we can be praying for you and, the, and, and everybody in the one family. Believe me, Elise and I don't do this just for you guys. We're going to find out and figure out one thing that we're going to be able to do this week so we can grow ourselves and we can grow our marriage. So this week, go out there. Stop hoping. Start doing. Let's see that transformation happen in your marriage one step at a time. We believe in you. So go out there this week. Figure out what that one thing is going to be and then go do it. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week. If you need us, connect with us, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You can catch us on Facebook at One Extraordinary Marriage, Instagram, Twitter. We love you guys. Have an awesome week.